With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, welcome to another Spurs show. It's Theo Delaney here in North London, uh, and I've got two heavyweight guests with me to discuss our first game back after the World Cup and forthcoming attractions. Uh, Darren Rockman is back. Hello, Darren. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Merry Christmas to everyone. Yeah, the same to you, mate. Good to see you again. And Rob White is here. Good evening, Rob. Good evening, mate. I was laughing because obviously heavyweight because of how much I've eaten over the Christmas period. Ah, uh, well, Live, haven't, boys. haven't we all? Come on, exactly. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. We'll be working it off, won't we? Because we're very, we're very young and fit individuals. All three of us. As anyone who could see this Zoom call would know, we've only put on a few pounds. That will go. So, talking of um, the festive season. Uh, we've we've played. We finally played after the World Cup. We've had a game. I watched it yesterday. Did you see it, lads? Two two at Brentford. Yeah, I went. I oh, went. you went, Darren. Yeah, and I took my eight year old to his first ever away game. Oh, brilliant! And and how did that go? Did he well, like he it? it? He loved it, didn't he? Oh, he great! Learned, he learned lots of words an eight year old probably shouldn't know, but that's <laughs> yeah. fine by. Yeah. <laughs> and was he in the? Were you in the away end? The away bit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Great. I mean, Spurs, as usual, very good away showing the crowd. You know, you could hear the Spurs fans throughout. And as you'd expect, I mean, Spurs, have, uh, you know, for decades have had a particularly good away following. What on earth is it, though, about this particular Tottenham team? Because this Tottenham team over and over again, and this break has made zilch difference. This Tottenham team starts or rather doesn't start until about an hour into the game. This was a first, yeah, another game of two hours. We were we were pretty much bossed by Brentford, I felt, in that first half. But they were first to everything. They seemed to have a plan. They stuck to the very. They're impressive. They're an impressive side, Brentford, when you consider the size of the club. 
Very impressive. They absolutely bossed it. And on by about, I think it was before the hour mark, they were 2-0 up and you couldn't really have many complaints. And then Spurs start playing. What do you put that down to, Rob? I think it was more um, Groundhog Day rather than Boxing Day, wasn't it? I think yeah. uh, me personally, you know, you, you hear, I heard the rhetoric from Conte saying he, he'd had three or four weeks to work with this group of players. Um, I think actually... Yeah, all of the, the all of the defence apart from uh, Perisic hadn't gone to the World Cup. Um, yeah, so we were sort of back to back to where we started, and and you, it, it's it's almost it is almost inexplicable now why that is the case. And I just sort of feel like we've I don't know I've gone round and round in circles trying to work it out. And I thought this three or four week period might have reset things, but it doesn't seem to have done. Um, yeah, so I'm sort of lost. I went, funny enough, I went to the um, Nice friendly on Wednesday night and um, sort of sat there bemused at the 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 level of level of ability in in the defence really, and it didn't look much different yesterday. Strange noise. Yeah. What you mean the lack of ability in the defence? I think the lack of ability and the lack of organisation there really, and it, it just seems to be we 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 seem to be making the same mistakes, and for me that's where it, where it all begins. And if we if we give if we give other teams chances, I think Dyer's the the second goal was a really good example of that. There was a poor ball. I think it was uh, I can't remember who played who played it back to the keeper. Then the keeper plays it out, and then it comes back to Dyer, who skews it out for a corner. And we just end up it's sort of inviting pressure on us. And and I, I'm not quite sure what's going on really. Yeah, I mean those mistakes. I mean Eric Dyer makes one massive unforced error per game, guaranteed, which will lead to a chance, and that's what happened this time. And those things are nothing to do with, not really anything to do with coaching or systems, are they? I mean, do you think there's, do you think that 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 Conte's got them playing a certain way, Darren? That 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 playing with less verve in the first half has got something to do with something he's telling them overall. Well, I'm going to say something controversial here. Good. So you do. The most people won't won't agree with, yeah. But I say it as I see it. I do not get this great Antonio Conte loving. Don't get it. We've right. gone behind in nine successive games, yeah. Yeah. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me the system he's playing doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work with the players that he's playing or the players that he's got to play the system. So why play the system? I don't. I don't. I don't get, I, I, you know, listen, everyone's entitled to opinion. They're like a certain part of the anatomy. Everyone's got one. I, 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 don't, I don't get the whole Antonio Conte loving. I think the football that I've been watching this season is possibly some of the worst football I've seen. Certainly worse than what I was watching under Jose Mourinho. I don't get it, you know. I don't know what's happened with certain players. What's happened? Basuma, when we signed him, was a Brian Player of the Year. He was an attacking midfielder. We played him in the wrong place. I don't know what's happened with Sonny, but apart from 14 minutes this season, he hasn't played. Now, yes. is that down to just a lack of form and players have dips? Or is it down to the coaching? I don't know, but I, I just don't get we play the same way every single game. And every single game is pretty dire. I think even the most hardened Spurs supporters will tell you that. And sitting in the way end yesterday, I could sense the first rumblings of discontent. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everyone would agree 
that he has one way of playing. It is, and it is almost com- entirely dependent, or very, 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 uh, a very crucial element in his way of playing is two extremely effective attacking wing backs. And as you say, Darren, he plays a certain way that that seems to be wrong for the players he has. I think most people would agree he doesn't have a set of really good attacking wingbacks and that that is the problem. So the question is, is he playing some sort of game of brinkmanship with the board saying, this is the way I play. You're going to have to get me the the people that can play this way. Or does he just play a different way that is better suited to the players he's got? That's why we're now at a critical stage because we're now in a window when it's possible to get, well, it theoretically, or, hopefully, to get better Theo, players. Theo, sooner or later, sometimes, yeah, when your partner continually flirts with someone else and says they might leave you, they might stay, they might leave, sooner or later, you call their bluff, don't you? Yeah. Now, if everyone at Tottenham and all the fans want Antonio Conte to stay, that's brilliant. But don't keep Tottenham Hotspur are bigger than Antonio Conte. Yeah. Agree? Oh, we'll yeah. We'll be here a lot longer after him. And the constant stuff in the media of, I might do this, I might do that, I might do this, I might do that. Either say yes or no. I personally, if there's an offer of a contract, I don't know whether there is, either say yes or say no and let everybody, let everybody get on with it. But if, you're a chairman, if you're a chairman, are you going to give a manager millions and millions and millions of pounds if you don't think he's going to stay? And then you do the same again in the summer, which is what we constantly yeah. do. But it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? Because Conti would say, I will stay as long as you spend the money to get the players that will enable me to be successful. Because I've got no, I'm not going to spend two years being unsuccessful. That's not good for me. But if you give me the players, I'll be successful. But then Levy might say what you've just said, which is, well, I'm not going to give you the players unless I know you're going to stay. So then you've got this terrible, vicious circle, haven't you? Who, who blinks? I mean, Rob, do you, do you, how do you feel about Conti? Are you still a, are you a Conti supporter? I subscribe to some of what Darren's saying, actually, and and I think that um, just sitting there, actually listening to what you were saying, Darren, and, and I think I would be hard pressed, and I think many Spurs fans would be hard pressed to to recognise a player who has improved under Conte, um, a, a player in this existing squad, and again, Theo, we've had this conversation before. That this is now the fourth manager who's saying to Levy, started with Poch, saying to Levy, I need the right things. But of course, experienced managers, they're always going to say that because then yeah. that's like an insurance policy for them, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. But I still think that the, the fundamental so yesterday's yesterday's defense, for example, I did a little bit of sums. I did some sums on it earlier. The total the total cost of that defense was 17.4 million quid. And and there's some really good experienced players in there. Probably the the well, the most experienced is Perisic. Yeah. And I don't see Conte improving anyone. And back to going to Nice the other the Nice game the other night, I didn't see anyone there that in you know the young guys coming through anybody there that filled me with much enthusiasm or much or signs that actually something effective is happening behind the scenes at at Spurs. Um, and I think I think the problem with getting big ego managers like Mourinho and like Conte in is that actually they play the game, the politics of football to a good level and they play it probably slightly better than Daniel Levy does. And I don't know whether, I, I don't know. I don't really, I can't see what the future is really there. But you, uh, I, do you, I don't do you, think, sorry. no, go on Dan. I don't think Antonio Conte is going to bring any young players through because 
he's not there for the long run, right? That's what happens when you get managers like Conte, Mourinho, there for two or three years. They're not really interested in the players that might be good in three or four years. It's all about now, isn't it? And my yeah. argument to you is, okay, fine. If he hasn't got the players to play that system, by the way, Gabson Sanchez, who came on, I think, was 50 million quid. Anyway, if he hasn't got the players to play that system, why play the system then? Are you yeah. telling me Antonio Conte hasn't got plan B, doesn't know another system? That's what is it that looks what you're like. Saying? Yeah, well, that's yeah. what it looks like. He hasn't played any other system for years. I mean, that's what—that's how he won the title with Inter. That's how he won the title with Chelsea. That's how he won the title with Juve. So I guess he thinks this is—I ain't changing it because it ain't broken. And I think this is why this window is so crucial. Because if he doesn't get a couple of better wingbacks, I mean, I, for me, I don't know what you guys think, but I think the best two wingbacks we've got played yesterday because at least they're specialist, proper attacking wide players, and you know. Uh, Perisic is 33 so you don't want him to be your only good option you need someone else of that calibre at least on that side yeah, yeah. and Doherty is fine but he's not he's not getting in any other top side is he let's be honest and that's the real yeah. measure so he has to buy at least one definitely a right-sided I would have thought we haven't got a top quality right-sided wing back full stop Doherty's the best then you've got Emerson Royale who nobody rates uh, and you know, Perisic can play on the right, but then you've got a hole on the left. You've got Sessignon playing on the left. He's really not really fulfilled. And, and it's interesting you say that, Rob. It hadn't occurred to me, but that thing about he hasn't improved any players. Mourinho didn't improve any players. Pochettino's whole thing was he improved players incredibly. Sorry, I don't, really did. Yeah, I'd argue with you there about Mourinho. Mourinho did improve one player. Who? Who was Harry it? Kane. Harry Kane. No, he you can't, you can't put that down he, to Mourinho. Did. That's already did. brilliant. He improves himself. Yeah, he was. They made him a more complete footballer. Well, I mean, he got better. I, you couldn't deny that. So then it's only a question about of how he got better. But, I mean, I mean, Pochettino was that rare thing. Another thing you said, Darren, is you're absolutely right. Those managers are not interested in the long term. They're career managers. They are people. They have a business. The business is themselves. So their and their brand, their business is themselves. They go places. If they win win trophies, you know, get teams up the t up the table. Their business is enhanced. They make more money. They do, their reputation is better. That's it. That's all they care about. They're pragmatic. Okay. Now, of course, there's a, there's an attraction to that, which is, well, their objective is the same as ours. We want to win trophies. We want to get up the table. They want to win trophies. They want to get up the table. But they will stamp their foot and scream to get as much, suck as much transfer money as possible out because that's what helps their business because that's what gives them the best chance of winning quickly. And you're absolutely right. Very rare are the managers who are in for the long term and are thinking, well, this player's not great now, but if I give him a run of 10 or 12 games, that could really help me next season. They don't think like that. But, you know, sometimes... You kind of want someone who wants to win. We're desperate to win trophies, aren't we? But yeah, it's just when it doesn't work. And it didn't work with Mourinho. And it, we're now at a crucial juncture, I think, with Conte, this window. Do you think, Darren, do you think Levy will, will spend this window? I think January is a very difficult time, isn't it? I mean, what elite players are you going to get? You can only buy players. I'm the thing with transfers. You only buy players that are better than the ones you've got. And we have never replaced Walker and Rose. Yeah, back, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, I think if the players are there to get, maybe. But okay, who are you going to get? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I, yeah. Don't, I don't. I'm not football. <laughs> I, I find it yeah. very strange that anyone yeah. could be considered elite in their job, whatever it is, if they've only got plan A and no plan B. Mm. I mm. find that strange, but mm. maybe I don't really know very much. Rob, no you... plan B. 
Yeah. Can you think of any wingbacks? Do you know of any wingbacks that you think we should be? I mean, obviously, Hakimi was the outstanding wingback in uh, the World Cup. You'd probably have to pay pay about 150 million for him, and they still they've got no reason to sell him, have they? Paris Saint Germain. So but you'd I, be taking. But I, isn't isn't as far as I understand, it isn't the job of a manager to in, improve the players. He's I'm not I, I, you know at the risk yeah. of sounding like Daniel Levy. We've actually bought so we've bought Cessignon, we've bought uh, DJ Spence, we've bought uh, I'm trying to think who else. Well, Emerson Royale. Emerson Royale. Yeah. And and we we just bought sort of much of a muchness, but actually yeah. as a manager. Surely you can work with these players and improve them? Well, it depends on the player, doesn't it? I mean, every manager, even the best managers, sometimes buy players who they then discover they cannot improve. But I, but, but, but the I think the damning thing with uh, Conti is, as you said, and as I say, it hadn't really occurred to me until he said it, he hasn't really improved anyone. You can't think of anyone that he has. No, and I think, I think arguably, like as Darren said, actually, Son's been absolutely awful this year. and so He's made players worse. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think Son's made himself worse, but that's a whole different uh, podcast, probably. But um, I just think there's so there's, there are sort of issues looming. It, it may be a case. Yeah, it's sort of the story of our football, Tottenham watching football, where we get the defence sorted and then we the, the front line needs sorting. Um, I just think there's lots of problems at the moment with that team, and I agree with Darren. I, the that, the system that Conte plays. It needs really, really great midfielders, and we haven't got world class great midfielders. So we've, I've moved on to another problem, actually two problems within this, within a short space of this conversation. So you mean you you're talking now about the central two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I, so you know, you, I, I mean, Hoybier's improved. Actually, Hoybier has improved. Okay. Now that I think of it, this season, this season he's he's had his best season. I was talking to someone about this, and they uh, well, we were talking to Paul Robinson actually on the Spurs show last week. He did yeah. this, the Christmas party, and he said that it's always interesting when players have new players arrive in their position, how they react. Some players react incredibly well, and it looked like Hoybier. He reckoned Hoybier has has improved because he saw Basuma turn up, who looked like he was going to take his place, and he's just gone up several levels. And it's absolutely, I mean, Hoybier's been it was always pretty good in that sort of posh man's uh, rich man's Stefan Freund kind of boy but now he looks like a really good all-round all-action midfielder uh, whereas he said some players someone turns up in their position and they get freaked out and start and it actually affects their confidence and he thinks that's what might have happened with Son with Richarlison turning up uh, you know and Kulishevsky had already turned up in the January and he thinks it might have freaked him out and affected mm. his confidence Yeah, yeah. he said when he turned up Casey Keller went into a right old sulk <laughs> he was really upset <laughs> <laughs> you look at the two central midfielders yesterday, Hoiberg and Basuma, yeah? Yeah. Well, we've got no creativity. Our only creative player is Harry Kane, and he's got yeah. pass the ball to himself. I know, but that's that's another conundrum about this system because this system in that midfield too, the midfield too have to do a lot of work, don't they? They're, yeah. they're about yeah, yeah. craft and it's hard to get. That's why I think Hoiberg has actually proved to be an unexpected bonus okay. season because he's actually done some pretty good Attacking um, things. We've yeah, got I Benton think, when Benton Kerr is, is fit, he yeah. is actually a class act, isn't he? He's a, he's but a I, I think the whole thing goes a little bit further. I think the whole thing goes down to the scouting network. Now you yeah. look at a club like you look at a club like Brighton, for example, yeah. who obviously have a decent scouting network because they're not the biggest football club in the world. Five yeah. players, you know, they sold us for Suma and bought this fella for nine million euros is the star of the World Cup. You know, we yeah. our scouting network, unfortunately, 
hasn't been great for years. You can't really blame Daniel for not spending the money. Yeah. It's how we've spent the money, to be quite honest, in all fairness. Yeah. I think. But ultimately, doesn't ultimately in any business, the the the, the buck stops at the top. The, yes. the buck stops with the top. So, so you know, it's not it's not news to Daniel. And then you know, we're into a whole philosophical question of is he Daniel's getting what he wants out of the club at the moment? The, the the price of the club is rising every year. He's taking money out of the club, you know. So actually, there is an argument that players, well, not players, the players and the the manager are, are sort of secondary to the whole to the whole the real nub of the issue. You look at Brighton and you look at their amazing scouting system and it is pretty amazing. They keep unearthing these gems from far-flung lands. And you think, who's in, who's in charge there hiring and firing the scouts? And it's Paul Barber, who was, you know, 15 years ago, he was he had that role at Tottenham and he's he's got to know him and Levy were mates. You know, he's working for Levy successfully. Then he went, I think, to America, didn't he? He came back. Went to Vancouver, didn't he? Vancouver, yeah. And now he's come back and he's uh, he's doing an absolutely fantastic job at Brighton. Yeah. I mean, he runs at that club. It's a brilliantly run club. And every time they have a setback, like they sell a big player or they lose a manager, it doesn't matter. They just get another great player and another great manager. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is what running a football club is about, isn't it? And Levy's had uh, plenty of practice at it. And you do wonder, like you said, the scouting hasn't been great, but, but who hires the scouts? That's the worry. I mean, you, you could... Turn around and say, once you've had Mourinho and Conte as your managers and not won anything, where'd you go? Yeah. Well, Guardiola and Klopp, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, so you actually have to take, I mean, do you think, I mean, I don't know, God knows how close Conte is to going. He, I, I don't think he's close to going. Martin Lipton said last week, who seems to have his, you know, his ear to the ground most of the time, said he's not going anyway. He just does this every window. He sort of moans because that's what they do. I remember Alan Sugar saying to me years ago when I interviewed him, about George Graham. He, Alan Sugar loved all the managers he had except George Graham because he said, George Graham, all he ever done was go to the newspapers and moan about how he didn't have this player, he didn't have that, he needed this player, he needed that player. He's just constantly moaning. And it's a bit like what we're talking about because George Graham wanted the newspapers and everyone to think that he was great. He just wasn't give, being given the tools. Tommy Doherty said years ago, someone said to him, what makes a great football manager? And he said, without even hesitating for a moment he said good players so that's all they they want good players and they'll do it any way they can they'll moan in the press they'll threaten to leave they'll they'll blame because it's a way of not taking responsibility but they're all like it i think it's very rare that you get a harmonious club where they all sing from the same because they've all got their own agendas haven't they but um when you get like you say when you get these ones the really big names with the really big egos it's it's a tough game to play and maybe levy's not as good at the game as they are Let's take a quick break anyway before we talk about forthcoming uh, games. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And we are back. So, 
just a reminder that our monthly shows are up and running. We had a great Christmas show last week with Paul Robinson. That's available to listen to, of course, and Martin Lipton. You can join us at uh, and get a season to get season.spurshow.net. And on January 25th, our guest is Jerry Armstrong. He's one of football's great raconteurs and a man with a, a fascinating CV because he had a brilliant interesting playing career international level as well as club level played for spurs of course but he's had a very interesting media career since then so i'm looking forward to that for premium content including a daily news show ex-player interviews and original documentary series on spurs go to patreon.com forward slash spurs show and support our show in the process you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and please leave us a nice review on apple Podcasts. that's particularly useful to spread the word so Gentlemen, it's funny, of course. Let's just remind ourselves before we carry on there. We are fourth in the league. We're in a Champions <laughs> League qualifying position. We're still in this year's Champions League. We've got a reasonable draw. We're playing and a very, you know, and let's not let's not forget a very glamorous. So we're playing AC Milan in a knockout game in the Champions League, which is a fantastic and you know, a mouthwatering prospect. We're still obviously in the FA Cup because we haven't had a chance to be knocked out yet. And we now face on New Year's Day. Aston Villa at home have got their own little problems, but they've got a new manager, but they lost 3-1 yesterday to Liverpool. How worried are you by the prospect of Aston Villa coming to town, Darren? We we play the way that we can play with the players that we have got and maybe start the game thinking we're in the second half. Well, Miles better than Aston Villa. Mm. I mean, you shouldn't be worried about playing Aston Villa at all with the players that we've got. Yeah. My worry is that we we don't start off offensive enough and we yeah. let teams come to us. Yeah. And I would, we'll beat Aston Villa. Yeah. I, well, I'm pretty sure we'll beat Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, and I just think we've got to be a bit more positive. Yeah. I mean, my, my question, Rob, is... This, yeah. this starting slowly, right? Starting in a lacklustre way, letting the other team have the initiative. It can't, It happens every game, home and away, regardless of opposition. So you start mm-hmm. to think, well, this is obviously, this can't be a coincidence. They don't just come out, they're all dopey or something. <laughs> it must be something that Conti is saying. And I watched this game, uh, the Brentford game with my father-in-law, and I said to him, it's almost like Conti sends them out uh you know, to conserve energy early on and then hit the team later on when the other team gets tired. And he said, um, well, that is in rugby. That is a recognised strategy. Some some rugby teams do because he, he likes rugby. He likes <laughs> rugby. He gets Saracens down at the weekend and try it out. Well, yeah. I mean, because it's almost as if he's saying, let them have it. Let them have the initiative. Let them, let them go for it. The trouble is... I mean, maybe that works. And we were always brilliant in the last half hour. We're all over the other team. We attack, 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 make chances and usually score a couple of goals. It's a weird thing. It's almost like he's a mad professor who's come up with this way of playing. The only problem is we do tend to let in one or two goals in those early stages. And then it becomes like, like you know, we ran out of time to get the third goal. It would have come, I think. I think we were definitely the more likely team to score again on uh, Boxing Day. But but we ran out of time. And one point at Brentford, it isn't that great given the situation with the Arsenal winning and all of that stuff. So do you think it's something, do you think it's something to do with a strategy, Rob? I think uh, to, to rewind slightly and to def- defend it slightly is they've only lost once, Brentford only lost once at home this season. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't think it's, any, I don't think it's anything to do with a strategy. I don't think footballers are that bright. I don't think they're that clever, clever enough to, 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 um, and I think football's a different game to rugby. Um, rugby, you can probably 
well, they have multiple substitutes for a start. We have multiple substitutions, I, I guess. Um, but I just think, I think with anything you do at that level, my experience is once you start off, it's really hard to build up to, uh, to, to, you know, to get to, uh, it's to more of a pace, really. I just think, uh, and I, I was amused at his press conference. It must have been after the game when he was sort of, he was chuckling at the fact that he'd never been at a club where they, they've let in nine, they've lo- have we lost the lead or we've let in the first goal in nine consecutive games or something. Yeah. And Conte seemed to sort of, he, he, he's, his reaction to that was quite, it was quite strange because it was almost like he was really, really confused at why that was the case. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I, I mean, you can't, you can't perform at top level football and just say, okay, we're going to rope a dope. We're just going to absorb, absorb, absorb. And then last 30 minutes, watch us go. We're going to be great. Yeah. Because if we could do that, we, we might as well get our dealers back managing and, yeah. and play five up front and four at the back, you know, and try and outscore. But I don't think we're even doing that. It's not like, and it, you know, we we are we're sort of guilty of we're going to be guilty of getting like a stuck record here. But it's not even like the football is fantastic. I'm not even sitting there thinking, great, I'm going to watch this first hour and it will be fine because the cavalry will arrive. Um, no, I, I think he's. I just think it's. <laughs> I think it's almost inexplicable why that's happening. Well. Let's have a let's have another little think about the transfer window. I mean, the rumours are not that many, to be honest. But there's a story tonight that we might be. We, we, I mean, this is and this has come up before that we might be seriously looking at a bid for Jordan Pickford. Does he appeal to you, Darren? Well, I wasn't massively impressed with Fraser Foster yesterday. To be totally honest with you, um, I think you're only going to get a top-class goalkeeper if you're prepared to make him your number one. Yeah. Jordan Pickford ain't coming to Spurs to sit on the bench for the rest of the season. So I don't think you sign a, we'll sign a top-class goalkeeper in January because I don't think... I mean, there's another thing I don't quite get with yesterday's team. You know, I get Hugo Lloris has played in the World Cup, but, okay, be fair, he's been a goalkeeper, yeah. If he's on the bench, why isn't he starting? I don't... I'm not... There wasn't phrase for... Thought that we let in two goals, but no. I, I just don't get some of the I don't get it. Some of the decisions and what you were talking about starting off slowly. We, you've said to me, We've got a great away support, yeah. We yeah. have 60,000 people at home, and we can't get the crowd behind us because we don't start properly home yeah. or away. Yeah, we can't frighten teams with the crowd at home. But why do you think it happens? Well. <laughs> he must be telling them how to play, mustn't he? They don't go out and say it must be a tactic, mustn't it? But or, it's so. Or after twenty minutes, if it's not working, do what Didier Deschamps did. Do what I might say Mourinho did. Make a change. Make a change after half an hour, forty minutes. I think also. I think part of it is is the fact that, as Darren said at the start, there is no there is no plan B. It's almost like. Teams, teams need teams know that if they start well against us, that's half the job done, really. How do you mean? Well, as in, so, it, you know, they they know that we're gonna they're gonna we're gonna set up in a certain way. Yeah. So actually, they set up to counter that, and they they put more effort in because they know actually we're not gonna Spurs aren't gonna come flying out. Spurs are just gonna sit back and do what they do. Yeah. And actually, before you know, that's that's a, the way to win against Spurs at the moment. It's very simple. Well, come up, come at them early when they're yeah. when they're docile. Yeah, 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 and because we are quite, we are 
reasonably predictable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you which wing backs I'd sign. I'd tell you who I would sign if I could get him. He's James Madison. Yeah. So I think exactly what Spurs need. Well, lots of people say that, and you said that earlier about creativity <coughs> in midfield, but does he fit in a midfield like that? Can you afford to have a James Madison as one of the midfield two in that system? Because he's not a he's not a ball winner or a grafter, is he? Well, maybe change the system. Well, that, yeah, I mean, it would only—you'd have to change the system, and if you're going to change the system, you may have to change the manager. That's the thing. That's I mean, it is like a circle, isn't it? It's like a circle of doom. The other guy we've been um, linked with is Pedro Porro from Sporting Lisbon, who is yeah. a wing back who was one of those that was taken by Man City very young, uh, but never really got going there. <laughs> Sounds like a child catcher there. Well, they are a bit, aren't they? They're more Chelsea. Um, yeah. I I don't know, 30, 30 odd million from Sporting Lisbon is is the thought. I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those where we could all sit here and say, oh, yeah, we should definitely get him. Let's be honest, none of us really know him, do we? But no idea. he's the one that's being linked with. I think he's a right wing back. Yeah, he is. He's a right wing back. And that's exactly what we need. And I think he's all action up and down and everything. So, but who knows? He could he could be the next Emerson Royale. We were high, yeah. high hopes for him. We paid a lot of money for him, didn't we? And Because you're a great player in the Portuguese league with all due yeah. Portuguese league. Yeah. Doesn't mean that when someone flattens you after three minutes of the Premier League, you're going sure. to get up and run up and down. Sure. I mean, you you might, but you definitely might not as well. And the fact that Man City let him go may be a worry, but he's the only he's the only wing back, as far as I can tell, that we're being seriously linked with. Someone said something about, uh, you know, Carl Walker Peters, but then you just think, really? <laughs> I mean, I, he's a good player, but he's not really a massive upgrade on, say, Doherty, is he? I wouldn't have thought. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but again, we couldn't even get him, could we? Even if we wanted him. So it's a worry. It's a worry. You just, I mean, you say about the, the only thing I would say about scouting is we had a fantastic January window last time, didn't we? Where he brings in two players who we really not, if we're honest again, none of us really knew anything about Kuliszewski and Bentenker. And they turned out to be probably the first and second in the player, player of the 12 months that have followed. You know, they've been so good. So you you hope that maybe Paratici can work something out, you know, between him and Conte can work something out, maybe at least from Italy, where they have a real expert knowledge and very, very good contacts. Maybe they'll work something out there to our great benefit like they did before. Um, but right now, who knows? I mean, again, with Bentenkur and Kulisevsky, it came out of the blue. Not only did we know, not know who they were, we didn't know it was coming. We were we were uh, linked, of course, with Lewis. Um, who was the Colombian that went to... Um, to Liverpool last January. Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz, yeah. And it looked like we were going for him. He was a very exciting player. And then we missed out. Liverpool gazumped us in very much the same way they look like they're gazumping Man United on the Gakpo deal. And so we were all despondent about that. It was, it's always a bit humiliating when you get gazumped like that, isn't it? But as it turned out, Kuliszewski has been just as good as uh, Luis Diaz. And uh, and Bentancur has been brilliant. So, there is some, so let's let's hope that maybe Paratici and Conti between them can pull something out of the bag, maybe from Italy. So this Villa game, so lads, I'm not going to keep you long because I know you're dying to get back to your in-laws or whatever. <laughs> I know <laughs> I am. I know yeah. I am. So, <laughs> so let's talk now specifics. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to um, tell me what you how you specifically think this Villa game will go in terms of a score prediction. First of you, you, you first, please, Darren. Tottenham four, Aston Villa nil. Oh, I love that. 
Love oh. it. Yeah. Love it. What about you, Rob? I I, I understand. I see the uh, see where you've gone, Darren. I like the uh, clean sheet. I think it's got to happen. It, it's got to be a – there has to be a clean sheet to break, which which sort of goes against all we've been talking about for the last half hour. Yeah. The miracle of Christmas and New Year. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say 3-1, actually. I'm not going to go with a clean sheet. I'm going to let you have that, Darren, the mm-hmm. honour of that clean sheet. You can say I told you so, mate. No, I've only gone 4-0 because I think we might see, but I'm going to get hammered for everything I said on this podcast. So I thought <laughs> I'd go. Yeah, you might as well go go the whole hog. <laughs> uh, the, t- the thing that worries me is that this Villa have got, this, have got a new manager, haven't they? They've got Dick Emery, the old Arsenal bloke, haven't they? And yeah. the new manager bounce didn't take off against Liverpool, but they'll still be wanting... You know, he will have them... I would have thought worked up and motivated unless he's a complete dead loss. So that's the worry. But the on the plus side, he could play what I imagine is his first choice back three, Conti, which is Romero will be back. He comes back, I think, today he got back. So he'll have had a he'll have a, a few days, good few days training in him. So he might play. Davis is uh I think fit. In fact, he was on the bench, wasn't he, on Boxing Day? So I think <laughs> he might he might play with Dyer, our superhuman, brilliant England international centre half, who will give away at least one guilty chance per game. So I don't know. I'm going to say three two. Another nerve wracker. We're going to come from behind. I just, I just can't see an end to it. Um. Anyway, one thing's for sure: we'll all be there, won't we, lads? Exactly. We'll all be there. We'll all be there because we're gluttons for it. We can't get enough of it. And that is the beauty of being the owner of a big football club. Um, thank you so much, Darren, for coming along at this festive yeah. season. Lovely to see you again. Rob, yes, great sir. to see you as always. Um, maybe see it again. Hope so. Definitely. And uh, all that remains for me to say is Theo Delaney signing off here in North London saying, kill you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.